I'm loud. I know I'm loud. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to be tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse number 12, very familiar section of Scripture that, that probably needs to be preached at least once every six months in a church. And it's very important. This morning we preached on eternity and I talked about eternal things. And at the end of my sermon, just for a minute, I mentioned the Christian life and, and how important it was that, that when you get things right for eternity, that then you become a disciple of Christ. And so when you get saved, what do you become part of, which is the body of Christ? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26, I'm going to go through this in, in, in what's called an expository fashion. It's a little different than I normally would do, but, but this is just the way the Lord led me tonight. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and through 26. And I'll read it all and, and then we'll go through it. But the Bible says this. It says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. That's very important. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, thank you for this night. God, I thank you for each one that's gathered here. God, I just pray that you would move tonight. God, just let your word be expounded, Lord, not through me, but God, through the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we can learn some lessons tonight, God, that we can see this scripture, maybe in a way we've never seen it, but God... No matter if we see it the same, Lord, your word still needs to go out. We need to be reminded, God, that we're your body. Lord, we are the body of Christ tonight. God, I just pray that you would touch each one. Bless them for their effort of being here. God, use me as your mouthpiece, Lord. Nothing can be done except through you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
First Corinthians chapter 12, and, and I, feel, I feel like everybody just needs to move to the middle, but I won't have you do that, but, and, and I'll, I would jump down front. But First Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul, it seems like I preach a lot from the Pauline epistles for some reason, and I think that reason mostly is because of this, because Paul was the apostle to the church. If there's one person in the body that, that, that kind of wrote pretty much everything they had to the church, it was the Apostle Paul. Now the Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for rebuke, for, for all these things, for exhortation. But Paul in particular wrote to the church. Now I hope everybody in here understands tonight, and a Sunday night crowd, I would say that you do, that if you're saved, you're part of the body of Christ. You, you, don't just, you don't have to do anything to join the body of Christ other than accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Church membership does not qualify you to be a part of the body of Christ because there are some people in the world that are members of a church that are not members of the body of Christ and vice versa. There are some people in the world that are not members of a church that are members of the body of Christ. Now, I'll just take a moment to say this and take a little time out, and, and nobody's prompted me to say this. I, I do believe in church membership. I believe it's a good thing to be a member of a church and support the church, but at the end of the day, that's not what saves you. But as the body of Christ, you must understand that when God puts you into the body of Christ and when God saves you, He supernaturally gifts you and gives you things so that you can serve Him with all of, of your might, with everything that is within you. And God gifts each person uniquely. Just as, just as your, your body has different things that it does and different functions that it has, God gifts the local church. I believe this, that if the local church functions as it should, and if everybody does their job, that, that honestly there's not a whole lot that the world could do and not much that the devil could do to stop the local church if... The body is working as it should. But see, what we have a lot of times uh, is, is we, we are, are sometimes bad to get kind of out of joint. Anybody in here ever been out of joint? You know what that means? You just kind of, something's not working right, something's not functioning as it should. And, and, and when, when just one little part of your body messes up or when one part of your body is not functioning correctly as it should, then it affects the rest of your body, doesn't it? Uh, recently, well, I say recently, about three years ago or two years ago, I'm, I'm not 33 yet, and when I turned 30, I, my back started going bad on me. Now, I'm not saying that's an excuse or anything, but, but it started bothering me, and now sometimes I wake up and I'm so stiff, and, and just a, a little part of my back, about a section this big hurts, and it affects the rest of my body. And it's very important because that, that's a strong part of my body, but I want you to see... In this, this chapter, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, just a few things. I'm going to bring out a few things and, and, and really no particular order, maybe just in the order that the Scripture gives them. And we'll, we'll just read through this and, and go through it almost verse by verse because I would rather tell you what the Bible says any day than what I say. But the first thing that I want you to see is found in verse number 12. And it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of the one body being many, or one body in Christ. And then you skip verse, down to verse 14. It says, for the body is not one member, but many. The first thing I want you to understand is that every single member of the body of Christ has a job to do. Everybody. 
It's not just a select few in the church that have a job to do. A lot of people will look at the pastor and will look at the song leader and the deacons and those that are what I would say more visible that get up and do things and all this and they think, well, you know, they got it, they can handle it and they can do this. But that's, that's, that could be no further from the truth. Every single person in this job has something to do. This morning we gave out those little, those little cards. Everybody, most of the people got that little card we wanted you to fill out, didn't you? And on the back of it, Lacey, my wife, she put this. And, and I was just looking before, right before I got up here at all the things that the church we have to offer people. And that there's so many places that you can get plugged in and so many places and so many ministries that you can get involved in because that God has gifted you in that. Now I want to say this uh, tonight that, that I am not gifted to work with children. I, I'm not. Tanner's laughing at me because he probably knows how I am a little bit. I love my children. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're, they're the, I love them to death. They're my favorite kids in the world. But that's just not what I do you know as, as a preacher that's not what I do I'm not gifted in that way but guess who is Mark I see how Mark interacts with the kids and how he talks to them and, and, and how he does with them and preaches to them and talks to them and Mark can minister to children that's not my thing because God supernaturally gifted Mark when Mark got saved whenever that was God gave him the gift Mark probably didn't know he was going to be a preacher and didn't know that he was going to be a youth pastor and all that but when God saved Mark he gave Mark a job to do and each one of us have our own unique ministry and, and, and if we're not careful we get it kind of out of sorts, and if we're doing a job that we're, we're not supposed to do, then the body doesn't function as it should. You know, have you, ever, have you ever, if I asked Tanner to get up here tonight, and I said, Tanner, I want you to stand up on your hands, unless he has some kind of talent I don't know about, I want you to do a handstand, and I want you to walk to that back door. How many of you think Tanner could do that? How many would like you to see it? <laughs> I'd like to see Tanner try that, wouldn't you? To get up on his hands, just stand his feet straight up in the air, I bet he would just probably fall flat on his face and then we would have to call some paramedics to come pick him up. And why would that, why would that happen? Because Tanner's hands are not designed to carry his body, are they? But yet in a lot of churches these days, and, and, and maybe in this church, I'm not sure, sometimes people are having to do jobs that God didn't tell them to do. They're asked to do things and they'll do them because, well, they need to be done. And I appreciate people like that. I, I really do. I, I really appreciate people that will just step up and, 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 and just do whatever is needed. But sometimes God puts other people in place that never do anything just because they're too scared or the devil tells them they can or whatever. But every person in this church has a job to do. Everybody it may not be something up front. It may not be that you get up on stage and sing. It may not be that you make a big stir. But God has given you something to do. I had a person this morning tell me, and I won't call their name, but they know who I'm talking to. And they said, if you ever need anything, just ask me. And they said, I can't do much. Then they stopped and they said, but I can pray. And I appreciate that. I really appreciate that because when I stand up here on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, that's what I need is prayer. I need somebody to pray for me. I, I'm going to pray for myself, but, but I really need some people to be praying for me. And, and I appreciate the support that I've gotten so far. 
That's a ministry that, that exceeds lots of other ministries. This church will not be able to function or do anything without praying people. Everybody has something to do. Now, as a side note, I would encourage you, if you want to know what God has gifted you to do, then, then there are some, some questions that I can give you. There's a piece of paper I think Tanner's been, been going through. It's called finding out what your spiritual gift is. And, and we'll walk you through that. I can take you in the Bible. We can take you to the first part of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and, and read the gifts off to it. And we can find what your spiritual gift is so that you can do it so that the body of Christ can function correctly. It's not for this church's glory. It's not for any of our glory. But if the body of Christ is functioning as it should, it's for the glory of God. It's not for the glory of this church or the Free Will Baptist or anybody else. And then verses 15 through 17, I've sort of already touched on it, but it says this. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is, therefore, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? And then verse 18, it says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. As it hath pleased him. The next thing I want you to know, and I sort of already touched on it, is that if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then this church could actually suffer. Did you know that? That if you're not doing what God has called you to do, let's just take for a moment, let's just say that you know what God has called you to do. Let's say God has called you, uh, just hypothetically, let's say God has called you to preach, or God has called you into the deacon's ministry, or whatever it is. And if you don't do that, and you know that you're supposed to, and God has placed you in this church to do that, and you don't do it, then guess who suffers? You suffer, but those around you suffer too. Because then the body is not complete as it should be. You know, a lot of people, they, they like to have jobs where they're up front, but, but not everybody's called to be a preacher. Not everybody's called to be the pastor or the deacon or whatever it is. Because God hath called you, God called you and he gave you what he knew that you needed. You know, I see so many very talented people in, in, in churches that sing and, and many people that get up and, and try to preach and, and I've seen it and that's just not what God called them to do and it's, it can't amount to anything because they're not edifying the body of Christ. They're only trying to edify themselves. And then we move on. In verse number 23, actually, let's just read on down from 18. Verse 19 says, And if we, they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be the more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. There again, God is putting this thing together. We're not. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. 
So there we see in those verses that I just read that nobody in the body has the right to look at somebody else and say, well, guess what? You're not as important. Or your job is, is not as important as the job of somebody else. And, and your job, you know, you don't have that much to do. So if you'll just stay out of the way, that would probably make things a lot better. No, we have no right to say that. In fact, Paul just told us that those parts that we don't see, those parts that, that, that are just kind of behind the scenes, those parts that, that are not really pretty to look at, those people that have those jobs that are not that great, they're actually needed more. They're actually needed more. Just, just like the, the, the praying that I talked about, that's something that generally goes on behind the scenes. It's something that should be done in a closet with the door closed. That's what the Bible says when you, when you pray to go in your closet and close the door and you don't see that, but it is so vitally important. Don't ever for a minute think that your job is more important than anybody's in the church. As the pastor of this church, my job is no more important than Cecil's job to lead the worship. Now, I'm, I'll be up here speaking, I'll be up here talking, and, and I'll be out in the community and doing all these things. And, but at the end of the day, if Cecil leads someone to Christ, if Tanner does, if Matthew does, whatever the situation may be, if you're doing your job, it's just as important as anybody else's job. Everybody in here has one job, and that's to win souls. And God uniquely gifted you to be able to do that you may not see it you may not understand it but God has gifted each and every one of us and then we move on to verse number 25 and we'll, we'll park on this for just a few minutes but it says that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another if you look up that word schism in the body that word simply means this no division in the body. If your body is divided, guess what? It doesn't stand up. If you take half of your body and, and your right half is over here and your left half is over here, guess what? You're not going anywhere. Or if your body decides that, that one, one arm is going to be doing one thing and this arm is going to be doing another, that's why there's unity in your body. That's why your body has to work as one well-old machine so that everything can be accomplished in your body every single day. I don't think about it, but my, my body just does what it's supposed to do because my brain is leading it. But if my body turns on my head and says, You know what, head? I think I'm going to run this day. I think I'm going to handle it today. And if my body does that and it becomes divided, then suddenly my body's no good for anything. If my body turned against my head and said, I'm not going to go where you want to go, head, then I wouldn't be going anywhere. But if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves doing that as a church. We'll say, well, you know what? Uh, this is the way God's telling us to go, but this looks like a better direction, so maybe let's go this way. And if the body does that, then it's absolutely no good. We have to be under the leadership of God. We have to be in unity with Him. We have to know what's going on. But we also have to be in unison and, and be in unity with one another. Unity is very important in a church, isn't it? The Bible says that a house divided is not going to stand. It can't do anything. If you have a church of, 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 of disjointed people, of, of people that, that are not willing to, to care for each other, then you can't have a church at all. You can't have a body that way. And Paul tells us at the end of that verse, in, in the very same verse, I read it, but I'll read it again. 
He said, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And then verse 26 goes right along with that. I, I don't think there was a period when Paul wrote this. I think it might have been just a common. He says, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. You and I are to care for one another. If you have a need, that becomes my need. If you have something that's going on in your life, then that is my job to pray for you. My job to come alongside you and help you as a member of the body of Christ. See, sometimes your, your members do get weak. Sometimes things happen and, and you, you, you hurt your hand or whatever the situation may be. And for just a little while, what has to happen while that hand heals? Other members have to pick up the slack, don't they? You know, if you, if you break your leg, your body can still function. But the other members have to care for that member of your body. They have to pick up the slack so that that member can heal. And he said we're to care for one another. If we're down and out, then, then we should go and try to, to help people and try to lift them up and try to encourage people. He said, and if, and if one of us is honored, then we're all honored. If, if, if you know, Cecil, if he was to get in, I love Cecil. How many of you love Cecil? I love Cecil, don't you? Cecil's wife did not raise her hand. <laughs> that kind of worries me, sister. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that to y'all. Now everybody's looking at you. But anyways, but, but if Cecil des deservingly got, got the award next week for the best song leader in Middle Tennessee, which he deserves it, don't he? Brother Cecil deserves that award. If that award exists, I'm going to nominate him for it. But if he got that award, that, that hopefully at the end of the day, that honors the whole church, that the whole church is honored by that and not just Cecil, or, or if any honor is given to any member in this church that we share in that. And that at the end of the day, that ultimately that that honor is given to the head, which is Christ. That any honor that we receive, anything good that is done in this church, whether it be through singing or through preaching or through any kind of ministry, if there's, this church is successful in any way whatsoever, God should get the glory. We don't get the glory. God gets the glory. Because ultimately God did it anyways. Because God gave us our heartbeat. God gave us the ability to, to go out and to work for Him. God gave us the talents and the gifts that we have. And if we use them for Him and any glory is given to the body, it ultimately just turns and goes right back to God. And I'm telling you, church, that if God is given honor, if God is given the glory that He deserves, you know what will happen? God will bless this church. God will absolutely bless this church if we honor Him. If we honor God, if we just lift Him up, He'll, he'll automatically bless this church and automatically honor us for simply giving Him honor. It's not hard. It's not some equation that we have to figure out. Well, how can we get God to bless the church? Honor Him. Do your part in the body. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever God has gifted you to do, just do it and give honor to God. And I promise you, without a shadow of doubt, He'll bless us. He will. Just do your part. Just do your part. Just lift people up. Whatever the situation is, if there is a need and you see it and you can meet it, go meet that need. 
If you see a member that's, that, that is, is going through something financially or whatever it is and, and you can meet that yourself, help somebody out and then give God the honor. Lift one another up. Be a unified, united body that, that, that has no other purpose than to be the body of Christ, than to go where Christ the head says to go and do what Christ the head says to do. If we'll do that, God will bless and God will honor. Let's pray. Father, God, we love you. Lord, I thank you for the wonderful illustration that's given to us in, in the Corinthian book of the body of Christ. Lord, how meaningful that is, God, that you, you put it in terms that I could understand that, Lord, we're your body. And, Lord, we're the hands reaching into the world. Lord, we're the feet going into the world. Lord, to tell them about you. God, to minister to people, to minister to lost people and save people alike. God, we're your body. And, Lord, I just pray that you would help us, God, to understand that we need to be doing our part. Lord, that if you've called us to do something which you have, and God, if you've gifted us to do something which you have, God, that we would do that. Lord, that we would do our part, whatever that part may be. God, if there's somebody in here tonight that, that doesn't know what their part is or doesn't know what their gift is or whatever the situation may be, God, I pray that they would get into your word and, Lord, that they would seek you and, Lord, ask you to show them what your will is for their life. God, not what their will is or not the will of the church or anybody else, but God, solely what your will is. God, I just pray that you would help us this week as we go out into the world as your body to tell people about Jesus, to tell them about the wonderful plan of salvation. God, I praise you. Lord, we lift you up as a church tonight. God, knowing that we can do absolutely nothing without you. That God, if you take your hand of blessing off of us, God, that we, we just might as well close the doors and go to the house. God, I just pray that you would use this church mightily God, for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.